0: Hello and welcome, Richard Siddle from the Buyer. Thank you so much for joining us on Hospitality Talks.
1: Yeah, yeah, nice to be here. Thanks for inviting us.
0: Um, Richard, I obviously know who you are. and We've had a, a brief chat previously, but could you just explain for anyone uh, watching or listening who you are, who the Buyer, uh, who the, who is the Buyer, um, and what do you specialise in?
1: Okay, yeah, so I'm Richard Siddle, uh, one of the co-founders of thebuyer.net, which is a business-to-business website aimed at the premium on trades. So my background really actually is I'm more like a business journalist. So I've worked in 25, 30 years across different sectors, a lot in grocery, a lot in convenience, a lot of independent retail. And then the last 10 years or so I've been involved in, uh, well, writing about the wine and drinks industry primarily with the buyer. At the on-trade, so I suppose you know the last few last month has been you know uh, a massive impact as well for the publishing industry really, and how we've been able to respond to this and 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 try and get as much information out as we, as we can. Um, so yeah, that's that's where that's my background, I guess, in terms of what we what we try and do is supply information to the premium on-trade, that whole supply chain that that keeps that going.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and so looking at the situation that we all find ourselves in now, what were the immediate effects? How quickly did things change and how did they change?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's all very strange. I mean, I've literally just been writing soon this morning, really, reflecting on, we're getting close to a month, aren't we, really, since this really hit everybody. I mean, I remember being in the trade, going out to wine tastings, going out to quite big wine events um, in the week of... Um, sort of March 8th, March 9th, that, that whole week which is like business as usual and then suddenly March the 16th when, when Boris Johnson sort of announced the fact that p- pubs and bars we advised people not to go to pubs and bars, I suppose that's really when it, you know, the proverbial hit the fan. Um, and I think from a journalist point of view, um, you know, I, as I say, I, I, I see myself as more as a business journalist as opposed to being a drink writer. Um, I suppose that really kind of, you really kind of kicks in then into it to what is your role? What, what can we do as business journalists? And I suppose what we've been trying to do over the last you know few weeks is really give as much information as we can to the trade, but looking at all the information out there, siphoning through what's going to be relevant to our our readers, and then trying to provide information in a in a way that's packaged and, and presented in a way that people can actually, you know, make sense of all this if we can. And of course, every day it, it's changed. Um, so what we've done is is created sort of a daily blog on the on the website. And we just literally just try and uh, as I say siphon through the most important aspects because it's you know it's completely ripped ripped the um the carpet under everyone's feet really, and um, it's impacting people in so many different ways that it's important i think for for us in our role to try and give as much of information as we can, but to make sure it's relevant to, to our to our audience mm-hmm. um and the impact that there's been on that supply chain, so a lot of our suppliers a lot of our core readers are wine wine distributors and wine importers many of whom only rely on the entrees mm-hmm. as well as restaurants and bars losing all their business you know they also lost all their business as well so yeah. it's been a case of trying to provide a hub i suppose of information and content for those people um and uh, yeah it's been massively challenging but it's also been incredibly inspiring as well i think um you know every day just just countless stories of businesses doing just amazing things yeah you know not just to help themselves but to help everybody in the, in, the, in the train i think it's it's been a really genuinely inspiring time as well as it's been been awful as well um so
0: and though that supply chain how i mean what adaptations could they possibly make or have they all mothballed businesses you know how how are they coping in the current situation
1: yeah well i mean clearly there's, there's quite a big i don't know disparity i suppose i mean you know there, there are those wine suppliers who who are so focused on the entree, like literally 100%, that you know they some have tried to change a little bit and, and gone direct to consumer, where they can. For example, a company like Jascott's Wine in, in mailing in London. I mean, they they you know they they amongst many others, you know, lost all their business overnight. Mm. And I know that they've switched to direct to consumer and they've got about a quarter of their sales back going that way. Okay. Uh, people like Burtman have set up um, opened up their, their restaurant wine lists. To sell direct and you've and seen quite a lot of that happening amongst some of the, the bigger on trade only suppliers mm-hmm. I think what's, what's what's going to be interesting going forward is, is how that then balances out within the traditional channels mm-hmm. how you know there's been a bit of a murmur of amongst some some independent wine merchants about wines that um, were only meant only once in that channel and now uh, possibly being, being opened up to other people to buy. Um, but I think everyone is having to like change and adapt and, and, and find new ways to do business. Mm. And I think the most responsible people in the trade are those who recognize that and who understand that and see that as being part of the bigger picture and not griping about the fact that a wine that used to be exclusive to them is no longer exclusive. You know, I think, I think the trade that part of the trade, there's, there's, there are tensions there and I think that, that will be interesting to see how that develops over the coming weeks. Um, but it's been fascinating, really, to see how fast some of the bigger bigger groups have moved and have been able to change their sales forces, change their, their way of working and switch completely from restaurant focus to going direct to consumer. And um, I, I suppose longer term, you can look at it and say, you know, is it wise for any supplier to be 100% focused on just one channel of the trade going forwards? I think we're going to see a lot of companies. Um, really having to look at that, and I think there's once, you could say the genie's out of the bottle to some extent, because now that companies have seen, they've been able to build up new revenue streams, they've been able to be quite successful in in, in serving their wines to private clients, you know, are they really going to give up that revenue streams when things go back to normal, or if, you know, whatever new normal is, um, so I think yeah we we're seeing some really interesting changes in the supply chain that that I think are happening now and I think some of them will actually have an impact a long-term impact on the industry.
0: I think I think that's a really interesting point is that we're seeing businesses adapt um to the current situation and you know the the whole idea of if you're going to try something new trying it in this kind of um a climate where consumers are maybe going to be a bit more forgiving if something screws up and isn't perfect the first time but you can kind of trial and error um new ways of doing business do you think then knowing the supply chain as you do knowing the people that are involved in it um and with your vast experience do you think that some of these working practices will continue when we get out the other side of all this
1: they'll have to yeah And and i think actually what's going to happen is is many of these companies you know, are going to come back, not in the same position, situation as they were before, you know, obviously restaurants and bars never won. but, um, you know, if you're, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing people learning new skills, so starting up mm-hmm. e-commerce models from scratch, starting up, um, learning the whole rules reg- rules of going direct to consumer, um, and I think actually what, what that is doing is opening a lot of businesses' eyes to a different way of working, which they you know, in the past they've been 100% reliant on just getting listings in, in wine bars and restaurants and you're at the beck and call of sommeliers or a new on-trade buyer coming in. By creating a DTC model, you're then taking a bit more control of what you're doing. I mean, you can then, you know, you, your margins are going to be different, um, you're the way you were, the way you, the, you operate. So, yeah, I, I really do think this is going to fundamentally change a lot of the way that um, uh, dedicated wine suppliers in particular work, and and that they're going to have to be a lot more multi-channel. I mean, most of the companies that work are Mm -hmm. multi-channel, so it makes sense that they themselves need to be a lot more multi-channel and and think about different ways of going forward. So although it's a really bad, horrible, um, and disturbing time for so many people, I think also this could also be seen in a couple of years' time as being a massive revolution in the industry and how, how companies go forward in a more efficient, profitable and effective way, which is what the industry has been crying out for for years. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah, it's it's kind of a positive thing, I think, as well, um, as well as being hard. Um, yeah.
0: so. Anything that facilitates change and, and development and growth within an industry. Um, yeah can seem quite scary but but also in, in the long run could per- perhaps change some of those ways of working that we know are outdated and that we know haven't really been working for a very long time
1: data aspect to it. i think i think the industry the wine trade in particular is very traditional and, it, and sometimes it looks at a change that's going on in other sectors um, and it kind of thinks well and, and forever is looking up look, giving out reasons why it can't change and saying, oh, well, we're different, you know, the wine trade is not the same as others. And you're thinking, well, they no, were are not really. Um, and I think this actually is a, is a time when companies are gonna be forced into making some really dramatic changes. Yeah, I think that actually a lot of them are gonna be really quite, quite generally pleased by what they see as, as alternative ways of working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the the, the opportunity that's there. And those who really go for it and really grasp this opportunity and see this as a as a way to be proactive and creative are going to really benefit. Those who kind of sulk and, and, and lick their wounds a little bit are going to be left behind. Um, as hard as it sounds, that's the way it is. Um, and um, you know, from my own point of view, as a writer, as a, as, a, as somebody who's covered lots of different sectors, you know, this is you know one of the most dynamic times you know I I, I can think of. You know, every day you're coming, you're seeing companies 10, 20 different initiatives every day. You know, which you, which you may not see half of those in a year yeah so it's it's incredible in times you know um
0: so mm. yeah. brilliant lovely thank you so much for your time richard siddle from the buyer i uh, okay. really appreciate you joining us for hospitality talks and i look forward to catching up with you on the other side maybe for a, a direct to consume or even back to a restaurant glass of wine
1: <laughs> and keep up all your good work as well okay
0: thanks so much richard take care okay cheers